Welcome to Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on the Twitters at Braden Gall. Mine's Aaron Dugan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Aaron Dugan or Instagram Aaron underscore Dugan. You can find me excited about this game that we're going to talk about at 38 Godfrey on Instagram and Twitter. Really sell it, Steven. Really. Ooh, wow. So pumped. Really sell it. Uh, we will, of course, preview the Alabama-Georgia National Championship game coming up a little bit later on. There will be no guests on the show today because we were going to have we're going to have a special bonus episode a little bit later on this week with a special guest who will remain nameless. Uh, but we will give you that episode a little bit later on this week to sort of give you something closer to the kickoff of the actual game. So you'll get a bonus episode this week of Fringe Element. We uh, we hope we think you're going to like it. Um, so uh, stay tuned to that as well. We'll recap everything that took place, of course, on New Year's Eve. Take a look at some ratings and see what happened in those games. And then, of course, like I said, preview the matchup on Monday evening, talk legacy, et cetera, et cetera. However, since Stephen Godfrey lost the bet on the show last week, Fringe Element is, in fact, brought to you by Jaspers. I jumped it. Jaspers. He's very passionate, though. You know who never jumps the gun? Jaspers. That's oh. You know who's more innovative and exciting than Georgia's offense? <laughs> You know what's never inevitable? You know what's never already happened? You get a new experience every time you go to Jasper's, thanks to their wonderful menu, amazing service, good conversation from their staff. You don't have a repeat affair ever at Jasper's. You can have something that's unique and distinct and interesting every single time you visit Jasper's, and they have free parking. That was really good. Thank you, Aaron. Jim Harbaugh is very jealous of all that innovation. Um, all right, go to Jasper's free parking, all that great stuff. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, I, 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 <laughs> I will use the Nashville TV ratings of the second half of the Georgia-Michigan game to sort of kick off this conversation about what took place on New Year's Eve. And, mm-hmm. and we'll get into what the actual, you know, what, what actually happened with the offensive and defensive lines, what we think is going to happen with Alabama and Georgia. But um, the, the ratings for basically the last two hours of the Georgia game in Michigan went from about an 18 in Nashville to about a six, which means on New Year's Eve at about nine o'clock uh, in a blowout, everyone turned that game off, which is, to be, which is to be expected. I did. Yeah, which is to I be expected. I do this for a living. Like, yeah, and I was, I was out. <laughs> now, here's my question, Stephen, starting with you. How surprised were you? that we saw a very different Georgia team, although it was the exact same Georgia team we saw all season. Well, based on my previous comments, I have to say that I, I can't say that I'm not surprised because of how critical I was and, and, and as, as backbreaking as the SEC championship was. I do have to, I guess, pay a little bit of homage to Georgia for picking themselves back up. So it, the best way to do this, I think, is to silo the Orange Bowl the SEC championship, and then this forthcoming, uh, almost said BCS, whatever, national title game. Might as well be. Um, Based on matchups, this was felt inevitable quickly, very quickly, based on individual matchups, based on um, line play. Line play kind of dictated, I think, both of the semifinal games. Line play is... Something we talked about all season. It's the most boring thing you can probably talk about in sports radio, at least when it comes to football. It's also probably the smartest way to start a conversation when you're talking about a single game. Uh, Line play was dominant for Georgia on both sides. The ability to run or not to run, that was pretty much it. I mean, I can't remember the kid. Who was the kid for Michigan that came out with the run the damn ball shirt pregame? I don't know if you saw this. It was like in his, oh, yeah. um, it was in his like warm up gear, like, his base layer shirt said hmm. run the damn ball dog that I don't, I don't know if that was y'all's plan for a month, but that had have been the last thing that I said, we're going to build a mantra around running the damn ball against Georgia. It it's a little stupefying. And when we previewed this, I asked if Josh Gaddis was holding the reins or if Jim Harbaugh was holding the reins, which is a question I ask about Georgia too, in their offense. It's hard to think that they were as conservative as they were initially when it was a game for like five minutes, that this was the best Josh Gaddis move possible. I I just, I have to think that there was some tampering there for Michigan to come out that conservative. Now the problem is this. The problem is this. Explain how conservative you think that was because they were throwing the ball on fourth down. 
on fourth well, and four. I, they threw the ball on third. And I'll four. give like them were, credit. You know what I mean? They knew pretty quickly what they knew pretty quickly how fast the window was closing by drive. Like it, you were seeing second half and fourth quarter decision making at, towards the end of the first. They got a pretty good idea about three drives apiece. Oh God, none of what we want to do is happening, and we're getting shorter windows than we thought. And we're and we're constantly behind in terms of down and distance. So I'll give them credit. They 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 put the they put the foot on the gas. The problem was the engine just nope, just 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 a bunch of nope. Um, I think you said it last week, Braden. While it was obvious that you couldn't lean in and push on Georgia, which is what they did, that Michigan wasn't built to do other things. They had to push in order to set other things up. And unfortunately, I think they played right into that narrative. And there was no way that they could establish uh, long dominant drives without running to pass. And, you know, Alabama can teach you, you, you kind of have to be able to do both at any given moment. This is a, a thing for Georgia too. If you, it, it's great to run to pass. You have to be able to pass to run too in, in, in modern college football. Well, are you also, this is, I do think that the kind of season Michigan had, Obviously, that's what got them here, but they right. haven't had the adversity or challenges. I mean, they went down when it was seven to nothing. That's the most they had been down all season. So, I mean, it does kind of induce panic in your players and hopefully not your coaching staff, but sometimes it does. Like you're saying, you know, playing in a certain in a certain way because of the situation that you're in. I think theirs was a little bit more long sighted in terms of, like you said, Godfrey setting them up for certain things. Yeah. But from a player perspective, if you haven't been down by more than seven. That's the most you've been down all year. I mean, you just it, it does help to be in challenging situations before postseason play. I was shocked they weren't physical. I was shocked that they, or they tried to be physical. It did not read on the television. Aaron has talked about this before. Sideline vantage point offers you a completely different perspective. You lose a lot in the wash watching a television broadcast that moves left to right, but there's no real way to get it. As great as television is, the HD quality and everything. I could be wrong. I don't think I am. I talked to a couple of people who are at the game. Michigan, you have to be violent at the point of attack, especially on defense to counter Georgia and Michigan seemed tepid. It was, it was a very strange way to come out, especially after I kind of thought they'd be overly emotional being in this, being in this place. They hadn't been in so long coming off the Ohio state win, coming off the big 10 championship. We didn't see any of that. They're almost too disciplined. So, so last, except last week, on turning over the ball. <laughs> yeah. Last, well, that, yeah. That, that came with that fourth quarter decision making at the end of the yeah. first, where it's like, all right, we gotta, we gotta take some risks on four straight on four consecutive possessions. I believe. Yeah. And it, it was definitely three straight possessions. They had never had a game all season, Michigan with three turnovers. They'd never had more than two at any point. They only gave up 10 sacks the entire season. I think it was number one or two in the nation. Um, of course, Cade McNamara was out of the game in the second half because he was running for his life and couldn't get rid of the football, which we said was right. going to be a problem. My, my, my other point on this, and we said it last week, and this is not about belaboring our previous conversations. H however, this is to me why Brian Kelly is at LSU. That we, we watched in real time Brian Kelly's decision making between Michigan and Georgia which is that these are two identical football programs with identical histories and prestige and tradition with two pretty solid football coaches that, that have I similar identities and philosophies about how they want to go about playing the game. And one team had play a better, faster, stronger, bigger player at every single position. Yeah. And that is why you leave Notre Dame to go to LSU is to get that one player at every position. That's just a little bit better. To me, that's I don't, maybe that's a weird metaphor, but I was watching Brian Kelly's decision making play out in the form of a football game. Yeah, and, I, I think that's, and I don't know why anyone is surprised that that is what happened. It's fair. The problem is we can't draw it along conference lines because that's that that's just not. The reality is not that it's the SEC or bust. The reality is I'm not this particular handful of programs or bust because obviously we've seen this with Clemson. I still I'm, think I'm, if you, I'm talking about regions. I will talk about yeah. the region. Sure. This, this I mean, includes... Oklahoma at, at times can show this potential. I think I think if we're drawing a sort of ugly circle, it is a region, right? You wouldn't have to like arc out to get one program. It is a region. You're right. Um, at the moment, I will say this. Ohio State is is somewhat of an outlier. Ohio State has the ability to hang with the Georges of the world. Ohio State has because they're in a personnel change. 
if and, and Oklahoma and Texas both have a national championship since the BCS era, they are joining the SEC. If you count just the SEC footprint, they have 19 of the last 23 national championships. If you count just the SEC footprint, and that doesn't include Oklahoma, the only two programs outside of the South who have won national titles in a quarter century Ohio, Ohio State, State twice and USC once. That's it. That's it. And it's not you're about pushing, you're pushing calling Miami the southeastern footprint, but I get your point. I mean, I know South Florida is a different country, but that's not the point. The point is where are the players? And the players are here. And that is why Brian Kelly left. It is why Georgia dominated. I it's why it's why Georgia could become the sixth different SEC program to win a national title in the in the last 24 years. I, I just I don't know why it's more complicated than that. We got a lot more complicated conversation about Saban versus Smart. That's a very complicated conversation. Problem is they're not going to be the next team, the next SEC team to I, win a national title. That's the problem. Aaron, he's just going to keep dogging them, and eventually they're just going to have a ring on their finger. <laughs> I can't tell if it's like protective wait, measures. Are y'all, wait, 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 hang on. Are y'all serious right now before we move forward that y'all think that what is the percentage chance that you have of Georgia winning this football game? After I never break. picked, I never picked Georgia break. over Alabama. I just we last week picked Georgia to win. Yes, the semifinal. I, we'll have picks for the against Alabama, Georgia after the break. So stay tuned until after the break. Um, I, I again, I don't know what else we need to add about Georgia. Stetson Bennett over ten yards per attempt, over ten yards per rush. You know, eventually, you know, again, he's either going to break through and beat Bama or he's going to lose. And we're going to keep with the narrative of of it being the conservative choice. I, I think if you if, if you listen to Seth Emerson talk last week on Lamestream Sports, by the way, crossover promotion, um, did a great job explaining what it was like to stake out the Georgia buses and hotels and airports down there in Miami. They believe Stetson Bennett is better. They, they believe he's a better player and that he's healthier. They being the staff, not, they, not, they, not the they, collective. Yeah. They being the staff. And Seth Emerson, mm-hmm. by the way, of The Athletic, did not necessarily agree with that. Like, we don't necessarily agree with that. But if that's Bennett true, that's is, scary. I mean, that's he really was good scary. enough this weekend. That's all I, that's all I know for sure. No, I mean, he's, he was, hey, he's good enough every weekend except for one. <laughs> he Which is. is. We'll find out. Yeah. That's the, and that, but, but I'm, I'm not trying to be glib. That's what we've been reduced to. Yep. Georgia is George is it's not a team anymore. It's a caveat. It's an asterisk. It until, is until it's until not they anymore. do it. Okay. Until until it's right. not anymore. So uh, Alabama, Cincinnati, and I want to say this also about Michigan. I, I think it's important that both Cincinnati and Michigan, and Stephen, you are a big proponent of this, so I hope you agree. We can celebrate those two seasons as being the best season in in. 30, you know, 25 years for Michigan, arguably the greatest group of five team ever assembled and every ever put forth onto a football field. Two pass plays away from being basically tied at halftime against Alabama at the end of the second quarter. If, if one guy doesn't drop a pass and Alabama doesn't make one throw, they got Bryce young off of his spot all game long. He was not comfortable standing in the pocket, making multiple reads through his progressions, which is what Georgia's going to have to do. I, I think Cincinnati deserves a ton of credit for how they played. I don't think anybody has any right to say they didn't belong there. I, I'm pro, you know, everything Steven says about Cincinnati and the system being broken, but the best two teams are playing for the national championship on Monday night. We can have a longer conversation later about what we do to fix that if we don't like it, but Alabama played a good football game. Cincinnati played a good football game and Alabama's just better. Yeah, no, I don't have any issue with calling them the two best teams. That's the problem is that these are the two best teams. The problem is the reductiveness. That's it's it's not like I'm going to stand here and say, well, you know, clearly, uh, you know, Cincinnati had a bad day or something like that. The problem is we see such a high concentration at the very tip top, not the top of the sport, the very tip of it. That's the problem. The problem is you have open questioning on ESPN programming as to like, oh, well, I mean, semifinals aren't competitive. And instead of having a referendum on playoff size, maybe we should have a referendum on how these teams get built and the and the overall state of recruiting and how this stuff happens. Because nobody well, wants to do that. No, no, no. I, because, I want to do that. Okay. I want to do that desperately. But I want to save that because I want to give credit to Brian Robinson and to the Alabama offensive line and to Cincinnati for playing hard. Aaron, I want to make sure we give credit to the to the actual game itself before we talk about how broken the, the, the sport is. And in Cincinnati's defense, so they lost to Alabama by 21 points. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Georgia lost to Alabama in the SEC championship by almost that many. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. 17. We're about to see the matchup again, the national title. So just because Cincinnati lost by 21 doesn't mean that, I mean, I think people just see that, like see group of five, you know, we told you, and that's, I mean, Georgia has already lost to the team that they're facing in the national championship by almost that many. So just keep just in Cincinnati's defense. I thought the game plan was interesting by Alabama because Cincinnati creative pressure, actually it worked. They didn't get a lot of sacks, but they threw an intercept. He threw an interception. He didn't make a lot of big plays down the oh, field. You mean, yeah. On the other side of the ball. Yeah. Cincinnati's yeah. pressure. Cause this is all I care about on Monday night in the championship game. This is what I care about because if you can get Bryce young off his spot, make him be a one read quarterback, throw an interception, no long pass plays down the field, which is what Cincinnati did to him. Now they gave up, two bills to Brian Robinson. Okay, but here's the deal. But did if they you can do, do that, that, can you win? Did they do that? Or did Alabama come out and say, you have one strength and we're not even going to fuck around here. We're just going to do a very basic thing, which is inside run in zone, outside run in zone. And we're just going to do it six yards at a time. We're just going to do it six yards at a time. I don't know if they ever wanted to test the superior corners that Cincinnati had because any look, any offensive coordinator will tell you this. Why? Like, if you don't have to, if you can, if you can identify and then in, in the case of Cincinnati, isolate uh, a, just a superior unit that you're going against, right? So all the different levels that you're scheming against as an offensive coordinator, you go, they are best in man coverage in corner. Alabama came out, they did stacks, they had motion, they did everything they could to get away from press man coverage when they had to pass the ball. But the thing that was so obvious, that they, like wanting Cincinnati to win that game for all the reasons I talked about, I was like, oh God, because they came out and they just ran zone over and over again. Because they, why? Why test their strength? That's the advantage that Alabama had was that they just simply had more strength again. Line play? and opening it up and making it a smaller football game in terms of trenches and then just hitting you six yards at a time, because eventually you're going to get something out of play action. Eventually you're going to get something when they're, when they're crowding the box, they just, I I don't know if since I'm all about the G five Cincinnati didn't scare them away. Alabama, Bill O'Brien to his credit was just like, we don't need to do this. You can Mm -hmm. openly hear the criticism and see it on Twitter Anytime they passed, if they passed two out of three plays at any given point, once they were up by a score, people were like, Bill, stop. What do you dude, dude, dude. Well, they, they every they, run play is six plus. You're ahead of schedule on every run play. And, and they started from the first drive of the game. Right. Like they, was, I mean, their very first drive when they went down, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. those D tackle. Yeah. This is not going to work. Which is sort of what they did to Notre Dame last year. Yeah, they, they, they didn't force it when they didn't have to. Um, I know this is of no consolation if you're uh, a Bearcat right now, but just the mere fact that Alabama changed its schema completely based on your secondary and your corners. I mean, it's a te- it's a testament to what that team was able to do on that side of the ball. Just having a, um, a team like Alabama really have to significantly change um, their normal game plan in order to to come away with a win. Now, I'm, I'm not saying if uh, we don't know what would have happened if they had thrown the ball more, but they. Alabama ran the ball 47 times, twice as many times as they threw it. And so you definitely, you definitely made an impact. Um, Uh, just wasn't enough. If they take that same blueprint and they're successful in the first two drives against Georgia, (laughs) y'all just go watch Netflix. That shit's over. (laughs) No, there's there's no question. If you can line up and run the football for six yards of carry against Georgia, you're going to win. Like even five, uh, but, but that's the case against four four yards of carry. But that's true against every single team in the history of football. If you are average, right? But this is supposed to be the two best programs, and when, if it's that lopsided early, it's just going to be it. Like there's potential it could be a blowout. Well, it won't. It, it may be a blowout, but it won't be because of that. It might be because Bryce Young throws for their 400 yards. Brian Robinson over 200 yards rushing record for an Alabama bowl game. Let's give him some credit. Back fully healthy. Um, gotta love giving Nick Saban, who already has the greatest coaching resume in mind and greatest roster of all time. Um, gotta love giving him 27 days or 37 days or whatever it is to prepare for games. That's just awesome. You know, you know, it's funny, Braden. That's, it's such a throwaway line. When are we going to talk about that? We want to have all these referendums on like, well, this was another year of semifinal blowouts. Well, we're going to talk this all, this is another year of this. Why don't we not let people scheme for a month? It, it, it all dovetails. All right. (laughs) It it all dovetails. How do we do how do we change how rosters are built? How do we change timing of the playoff? It is all dovetailing together 
to try to make the sport more equitable at the top. And so we'll get to some of that uh, in, in just a, a few minutes here. Anything else you guys would like to add about what we saw Friday evening? I think it's the second to last time they're going to play on New Year's Eve. I think they're going to do it again next year. Oh, God. Um, which That's you're just, so stupid. You're never going to beat every single, like, wife, girlfriend, child, friend, parent, sibling. Like, you're never going to beat them. Like I went, we went to a party on New Year's Eve with a group of friends and all of our kids. Like it was like seven kids and three couples, and it's like me and one other guy that cared about the games. And like the two of us are never going to convince all three full families to like come to our house to watch the games. It's never no. going to happen. Not on New Year's Eve. It's never going to. It's it's oh god. And I had a wedding. I will hey, say. Yeah, you had to go to a wedding. How how'd you watch wedding the wedding of Alabama? Uh, both the bride and groom went to Alabama. They came they got out married during a game. Wait, hang on, did they get married after the end of the of the Bama game? Did they wait? They to got, the house no. Their wedding after? was their wedding was at six thirty. What uh, what's what time zone? Central. Wow. So they began walking down the aisle like right after the game ended. Then do you wow. think they? Do you think the bride and groom had the TV on in their rooms? I know the person in the pew in front of me in the full mass wedding ceremony we were in did. No, I was doing this the whole time. Yeah, no it's doubt. It's like an hour and 15 <laughs> my, minute wedding so my ceremony. Wedding had it on the pew. My wedding hour, was delayed. An hour and 15 minutes? That's ridiculous. My wedding was delayed uh, about 40 minutes because Cam Newton was just going down the field against <laughs> LSU's defense. It was October 23rd, 2010. And Newton is going down the field, just chomping their ass. To that was the, obviously the undefeated national title season. But as that drive is going, we are supposed to start coming down the aisle, <laughs> and there's just this magical delay, like shit's not starting. And hey, I can't know where's the priest, where's the father of the bride, all this stuff. And it was because like everyone was huddled <laughs> away. This was pre-streaming on your phone, although close to it. And people were like next door to the church, like watching. The, I didn't know this. I didn't go to LSU, so. Yeah, it happened. That's hilarious. That's a, that was a bold move for Alabama fans. I know. I will add yeah. one more thing. They came out during the reception. You know, no one knew what was happening. I guess everyone that had gone to Alabama, they had taken in the back. They all came out, did the fight song of pom-poms. Sarah, the bride, was a friend of mine from high school, ordered this cake, had no idea how intense it was going to be. It came out. I kid you not. Like, if I was tried to hug with my whole wingspan, I would have gotten around half this cake, full Bryant Denny with a working oh jumbotron in the cake. Awesome. I will just means more. I will, I'll put that on That's our awesome. 440 Instagram so everyone can see it, but it is, it was unreal. Truly. I, I question. first of all, there's so many things to question here. Oh, 100%. Um, see, Stephen, mm-hmm. in your wedding, by, and by the way, I think that, that wasn't there like a Cam Newton run in the first half that was just one of the most epic touchdown runs of all time where he breaks oh, like 12 man, tackles and like... Was that LSU? You, you were getting married, so don't don't worry about it. Um, what, What's funny about this, though, is that I've got the, 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 the juxtaposition of the two weddings sort of like staring me in the face. Like your family, or your in-laws, I should say, mm-hmm. in, including the father, not like the father of the bride, but the, the priest, mm-hmm. is saying, okay, hang on, let's just... Give it a few more minutes. Give it a few. Yeah, more yeah, minutes. yeah, yeah. Hang yeah. on, just give it a few more we, minutes. We got this. We can. Mean, we can meanwhile, fix this. meanwhile, Alabama is the defending national champion and the number one team in the nation coming into the season, knowing that the that New Year's Eve is going to be like these games have been scheduled on New Year's Eve for like for like years. So like this couple, as a diehard pair of Alabama fans, knew that the, the, the semifinals were going to happen on New Year's Eve for yes. months and yes. still schedule their though, wedding anyway. Yeah. And, listen, and hang COVID, on, no, one more, one more. Everybody's one, rescheduled weddings multiple times already. Oh, that's that's true now. But I don't want to deflate your point, but keep going. Also, anything over 28-minute ceremony is garbage. It's full mass. Her grandmother was having it no other way. She runs the show. Yeah, we, had, we full mass. I, I begged out of full mass only because my the entire half, I mean, half the church was Protestant. So it just, it would have been looked incredibly weird. <laughs> um, a point They're about Alabama so and fatigue that might actually feed into your, your bride and groom here is I, my, one of my cousins from Georgia graduated from Bama. She just graduated from Bama. And like there was this, I don't know what the word is, I guess indifference going around where a lot of people decided I'll just go and watch us beat the crap out of Cincinnati because I don't really want to go to Indiana next week, but even it's though it's for cold. a national title and they're it's just like, very cold. they're like, whatever, I'll just, I'll just go, ne- I'll go to next year's title game. And that is, that's the life that is the, it, it is that consistent. And you can say those things and you can be that indifferent to, you know, 
Like I, I spent a stupid amount of money when my football team went to the Super Bowl to get there and was <laughs> punished by God accordingly. But like Alabama fans are just like, I'll catch it next year. It You're will, right. It, like we'll go to the Christmas parade next year. It's fine. And probably like, everyone that was at that wedding, I would venture to say 90% of them had actually in person witnessed Alabama win a championship before. So yeah, it's oh, not without a doubt. It's not new for them. So that's the, yeah, that's the other thing, Aaron. Everyone I talk nice. to who goes to Bama at this point, they've been to at least one title. 100%. Game. Yes. So uh, I'm double checking real fast, Braden, just to feed this point. Uh, well, it's going to be, I'll I give believe you it's Houston next year that has the title. Yeah, game. There you go. And, uh, and so it's just like, I'll just do whatever, you know? 100%. And, and while Indianapolis is one of, if not the most underrated big sporting event host cities in the country, it is fantastically underrated for how it can host a major, major event. The stadium is great. I'm glad that the national championship is being played in some building north of the Mason-Dixon line. I think that is important for the, for the yeah. sport. It's I a good building, it's too. It's a great building. I, I've been, I went to Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Big, Big Ten Championship in that building. I've seen Peyton play in that building. I've gone to like eight Indianapolis 500s. I think Indianapolis is very, very underrated. But all of this segues us, all of the things you guys are bringing up, all of this segues into how top heavy the sport is what can we do to fix it and a preview of the alabama georgia national championship game all that coming up next right here on fringe element fringe element the only time on this episode aaron dugan has to do this is brought to you by jaspers a gym that although it is rare is still well done Un and that's a steak pun, people. I, I was going to say, uh, unlike uh, unlike Tim Corbin's order at a steakhouse, which is atrocious and offensive to me as a steak and meat eater. I don't think I and, said he got and, it well done, did I? Yeah, he gets it. No, I've I've, interv I've asked him to his face, oh, how does oh, he order okay. a steak? And He's not medium well? He goes he goes well done, and I just said, I shook my head. At how many times can you shake your head at Tim Corbin in disappointment and it actually be real? Exactly. Zero for me. Exactly. This is the first time I've ever been disappointed <laughs> in Tim Corbin. <laughs> uh, It'll be the Jas last too. Jaspers doesn't cook their meat well done either. Uh, they'll cook it the right way, medium rare on the rare side, uh, with a they'll lot of blood. Cook it however you want it, but sure. But there's a right way and a wrong way. Uh, also, they would never schedule their wedding on New Year's Eve during a semifinal championship game. They would never do that. Nor would I. Nor, but neither, neither, norther. Norther would have. Norther would have. Would have I? No. Spring <laughs> weddings. Would have. When'd you get married? Uh, I got married August, early August. Okay. So we we planned it as we planned it around taking the honeymoon and being back from the honeymoon in time for the season to start. Yeah, I guess you kind of had to do that. But I work in there. It's not like I'm a fan trying to. Avoid right, it. right, right, right. It's more important. And it was like true story. Go to Jasper's, everybody. True story. It was like on Wednesday before the wedding, it was like 99 degrees in Nashville. And Jeez. we were all pretty terrified <laughs> what was going to be Did like. Did you married outside? Uh, it was, um, no, it was indoors, but it was a indoor-outdoor venue. So okay. like we, we had to move everybody outside for like photos and we had to move everybody outside for the changeover inside to get the band stage set up and everything. And and it's a whole deal. The weather breaks like Thursday at noon. And oh, it goes from like 99 to like 81. A uh, huge difference. For the wedding on like Saturday. And it was, and we were all just like, praise little baby Jesus. Thank you. Good Lord. For getting yeah, us that would have humid in 99 in a wedding dress it, or a suit. No, it, thank you. It turned out pretty well. Turned out pretty well. Uh, now I got two little kids out of the deal. So I did. Yeah. Right. I think I did it right. It's a good bargain. Go to Jasper's, by the way. Uh, also, great bargains. Great bargain on parking. Great bargain on food. Happy uh, hours every day. During Preds games, during college football national championship game, you can go. Um, I don't know if they can help you with your wedding planning or your dating life, but you know what? They're there to try uh, in like a totally respectful kind of way. Mm -hmm. so, so, yes. go to, so go to Jasper's, everybody. Nothing if not helpful. All right, we will talk about how broken the sport is and why Georgia and Alabama are the best two teams in college football right now and why that group of teams doesn't 
rotate a whole lot. Um, we'll discuss a lot of those things and what could actually work to help the sport long-term and moving forward. We'll get to that in a second. But Alabama and Georgia, they are the two best teams in college football, and they are playing for the national championship. Um, Saban is, I believe, won seven straight. Kirby is 0-4, rematch of the 2017 game. First of all, to those who are listening who – Obviously, most of you are SEC fans. Um, don't listen to anybody out there that says they're not going to watch because the number two highest rated national championship game of the last 12 years was Georgia and Alabama in 2017. So if it is a good game, which is the most important part, people will watch. So don't worry about that that narrative from keyboard warriors who are sending tweets about how they don't care about college football anymore. I'm not going to watch. If it's a close football game, it doesn't matter if it's Iowa and Iowa State. People are going to watch the national championship game. We'll see. You're not buying that, huh? Uh, if it's close, it, it would have to be very close, but I still think there will be an overall fatigue. Uh, what it, Now, could it be 10% of that total audience from the last time? Yes. It, like So, again, what are we talking about here? Perspective is everything. I think we're potentially in store for the LSU Alabama national title game. That, now Especially that, with the actual football parts. That that would be the concerning part. And yeah. that is the reason the 14 playoff exists in the first place was because that yep. game was terrible. Yeah. Um, as you've said on previous episodes, there sort of already feels like the the this decision's already been made to expand. But if it is a bad football game then I think that takes the alliance or whatever you want to call them. And, yeah. and, and they all of a sudden say, oh, shit, we're going to need to change this because the SEC in the current form is already getting multiple teams into the playoff and multiple teams into the championship game. If it's a bad game, Aaron, I think that's what that's what you're going to hear from people. Yeah, I mean, people are definitely BSing if they're saying they're not going to watch. However, the one thing. I've already seen a lot. I mean, we've already seen, we've already seen this. So it, to me, it makes it less ex- just, I'm not as excited about it as I normally am excited about the national championship. I will say that. So, so here, so Steven's agreeing with you, Aaron, I, I disagree, but it's only because of Kirby smart and Georgia fandom. Like that, that storyline to me is because we see rematches in every sport in America. It happens all the time. Like, I also think that, that you're going to see better offensive football than you saw in 2011. So I think that's a factor as well. But I, I am so fascinated by the Georgia thing, by the Kirby Smart thing, that, that no matter what happens, if they get beat or if they win, there's a huge weird thing just hanging there, and it's the Georgia Bulldogs. And I, I am fascinated by that. I also have – I'm okay with a rematch if it's clearly the two best football teams – and the system gives us the two best teams playing for a national championship, which is what it's designed to do right now in its current form. I'm okay with a close game. I'm okay with Georgia turning this thing on its head and beating Alabama in blowout fashion. I do not want to watch Alabama blow out Georgia again. That's going to be right. The likeliest outcome, though. That's the problem. You're All right, Stephen, tell us why. I agree with you, Aaron. I, I would be very intrigued with, obviously, a close game for obvious reasons. And then... Let's say Georgia, you said, you know, kind of turns this thing on its head. Specifically, if Georgia goes up two or three scores, I think inevitably that there's going to be a concern of Georgia falling apart and Alabama coming back. So there's intrigue there. The likeliest outcome, unfortunately, is Alabama dominating this game, which will have an effect on ratings. I don't think ratings are a great metrics for anything. Um, large, large way- betters, large betters right now currently disagree with you. There's a, there's a lot of large, heavy, smart money as they say uh on georgia that has pushed the number from two and a half to two and a half up to three Um, so there's a lot of wise guy money right now on georgia when you were talking about tv ratings what were you referencing a minute ago you said don't be fooled highest ratings were when so so the the second highest rated championship game since 2010 which was auburn and oregon Mm -hmm. um actually when steven got married um that the the second highest rated game most watched game national championship was Georgia, Alabama. Now it went to overtime in 26. And, and Nick Saban did something no other coach has probably ever done, which is like benches starting all SEC quarterback at halftime. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, there's obviously some extra stuff involved in that. Yep. Um, the only other one higher than that was Oregon, Ohio State. And the only reason that one was higher was because it was the first year of the playoff. Um, it was a new, it was a new toy. So, mm-hmm. 
that that's the only reason I re- I referenced that is yeah. people because because last year that wasn't the only reason. There was also newness to that matchup. Yeah, and there was a lot of storylines around that. Whether it was Tua or I felt like they had a bunch of like like characters that people were really latched onto. The 2014 playoff was very deceptive by design. Uh, or I should say deceptive in its design. It, it fooled us. We thought we were like, you go back and look at the quality of 2014 in terms of narrative game, the individual players, the coaches and the storylines. We haven't really seen that since. Go back and look at the huge upset of the defending national champion in the Rose Bowl by an upstart West Coast team. Oh, you also have Marcus Mariota who's doing it, the Heisman winner. Then you have a game that I covered, Braden. You were there. One of the best games I've ever seen in my life. Ohio yeah. State coming yeah. back to beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl in an extremely loud building, and there was such a catharsis and relief um, post post game because of the whole Midwest SEC narrative thing. There. Then you well, go to Arlington, and that and game Ar- wasn't great in Arlington. It wasn't really that fun. But no, you had two, dis- yeah, you had two distinct entities. You had Urban Meyer coming from the SEC, winning the national championship at arguably the most popular program in the, in the United States. So ever since then, it's been a lot of blowouts in the semis, and and just it's it hasn't it hasn't been that compelling. And I'd even mentioned the whole TCU Baylor crazy I, controversy to get in. Well, I, I would I would push back a little bit because I think the two Alabama Clemson games that went down to the in particular the Deshaun Watson win. Was that was the that was the Vince Young USC of the playoff era? Was the Deshaun Watson throw to Hunter Renfro to win the game? Like that was the truly best. That's game. a good game. And yeah. Alabama was beat in that game, and that to me was by far the best game. And that was, but as an overall playoff structure, I'm trying to think. Well, I'm trying no, to know what those best. semis were. No, no, it was the it was the best. It, it was it was the best one of all of them. The the first year, as far as ratings throughout <laughs> like, the course of the whole thing. We've had a lot of Alabama, Michigan State semifinals, you know. The only game that was significantly notable was Clemson, Ohio State, 29-23 two years ago when Ohio State had the controversial fumble and Clemson score. Like, Mm -hmm. that was a really, really good game and a very highly viewed, highly rated game. Um, Listen, I, I, I don't disagree that Ohio State is the biggest draw. Oregon is this new thing with a Heisman Trophy winner beating the national. I mean, you're right as a you combine that with the fact that it was the first year of the playoff and you get all those high ratings. The next highest rated game is the one that Alabama and Georgia played uh, across the, as far as most viewed. And what I think is interesting is Ohio state as the biggest draw in all of college football posted the least watched game in all of championship history, or at least in 20 years last year against Alabama. Some of that was 2020 potentially, Mm -hmm. Um, but we had Justin Fields and Ohio state against Alabama and, Again, it was the lowest rated game in 20 years. So I think people are going to watch if it's a good game. Let's move on to the actual matchup of, of the two teams, because I want to know what you think, both of you think Georgia will do differently because conventional wisdom has to tell us that the game will not play out the exact same way. Like that just, that would be idiotic to assume. I feel like. This is a hard question to answer because I don't know. We haven't seen them adjust quite like this. We, they haven't, we, we talked about this whole year. They haven't had reason to adjust. Mm-hmm. I could certainly tell you don't do X, Y, and Z, but I, I, I'm just, I question the capability of Georgia as an offense to, to restructure. I was impressed with Georgia's handling of Michigan's offense, but again, like, I mean, consider th- th- those are two very different samples going against Michigan's offensive line and an offense we just talked about. Like, I don't know what, we have no indication of what Georgia can do past second gear on that offense. That's what I'm. I mean, th- that's really the question for the whole game. Can I let me let me ask you? So they they did a dominant job on the two defensive ends for Michigan, which we did not necessarily expect to happen. If they can do that to Will Anderson, then I think Georgia's offense is going to be fine. That's a big if, man. Yeah, it is a big if. Will it will? And also <clears throat> the amount of work it would take to contain Will Anderson allows for any number of protection gaps. I mean, you want to double him. That's great. You've left yourself open to any number of situations. This is why it's hard. This is why I don't like this game. It's hard to build topics and, and, and different vantage points and even hypotheticals because Georgia has been so 
specific all season. I'm trying to be nice with my adjectives. Look, they didn't innovate on offense. They didn't have to. We've beat this into the ground. And now they have to. They have to because the team that beat the shit out of them is the one that they have to get past. But wasn't it the defense's fault? Uh, no, it was everybody's fault in that game. You go back and look and, and see how bad that offense was as well. I mean, I don't know. Flip a coin. Wasn't I mean, it 17-17 in, late in the second quarter? I, I don't know. I just I think the issue for me was, like, I, I can build a topic around this easily. Don't sit back in zone and let Bryce Young throw for 400 and something yards like go after the guy well, i expect that adjustment and, i don't know and, if they have is, the ability to but, but i have that, that yeah i expect them but to. that is what hurt like here's the thing what was and, and david ubbin said this last week on the show what was alabama's offensive line for 12 games not great it, it, it was a weakness no georgia did very bad against auburn georgia, auburn was physical against them what was georgia's defense for 12 games I, yeah, they are going to go back to that. And I don't know what it means for the offense. I don't know what it means. I actually trust the offense and Todd Munkin and Brock Bowers and George Pickens and James White and Zamir, Zamir White and James Cook. And I think they're actually going to be fine on offense. George Pickens pointing at the sideline twice on the same play. <laughs> what a dick. It's, it's so yeah. That's it. That's I endorse that. I want to be clear if you're just listening on audio. Like, I love that. <laughs> pointing, at, like I'm sorry, pointing at Michigan sideline yes, twice on a run play. And he busts the fucking uh, DB off his on his ass, and then points again at the sideline. I think they were up like two or three scores at that point. This is the clip for social. It's so good. <laughs> um, outside um, yeah. Alabama has not had occurrences of giving up a lot of points this year. Georgia has not had that many times that that has happened. So if you're right, Braden, I mean, if, unless Alabama is just absolutely running shit on defense, like. I just can't see it being different. I feel like Godfrey, I, I don't know really how to even make um, make an educated guesstimate of what's going to happen because we haven't had to see Georgia really adjust. I, I think so. Georgia, I think Georgia's going to win guys. You do? I, I, I think they're going to win. Yes. I thought they were going to win. I thought they were going to win when we did the podcast two days after the selection show, I came on this show and I said, Georgia's going to win. And you both told me I was insane, which is probably, it could be true. I could be completely off my rocker here, but I think I, if Bama wins, we won't be surprised. If Georgia wins, it's going to be because they capitalized on some kind of Alabama mistakes. I don't think Georgia's just going to whoop that ass. They are going to make the mistakes happen, just like they've done for the entire season. Outside creating of creating chaos, outside of the one game where they got complacent and Nick Saban took advantage, they are the better I mean, football team. They are the better football team. I don't disagree. I'd love to see them win it. I really would. I'm not even rooting for Georgia. I don't, I don't love Georgia. I just, I think they're the better team. That's all. I'd love to see that actually be proven. Yeah. That'd be fun. That's all, okay, I, that's let me all you, I got. Let me ask you this. Cause I picked Georgia to win the national championship in February. I put a bet down. I picked Georgia to win the national title at the beginning of the season. I picked Georgia to win the national title at the beginning of the playoff. And now that they're there playing their arch nemesis that they've never beaten before, I'm still picking Georgia. So I might be the idiot here. I have a betting slip with Georgia winning the national title from February 8th. Do I take out of the game on Monday at like seven central time? No. Do I let it run? No, that's not regardless fun at of all. the game. I would say ride it out. Yeah. Ride okay. it out. Like regardless you're going to feel of, like a yeah. little, you know what, if you, mm -hmm. if you pull <laughs> a bet on the end up winning, you will feel better. You will feel better sticking with it and losing. Yeah, 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 yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Then if I bet out of it and Georgia wins, oh god. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. So I'm, back I'm, bitch I'm, move. I'm letting it ride though, which means I've called my shot on February eighth. I've got the betting. I've got the receipts to prove it too. So okay. I I, I just think that I think the the front can't wait. I think the front seven is going to eat all day for Georgia, and I think I think Bama's going to make some plays. I think Bama's going to go down the field, and they're going to capitalize on some man-to-man -man coverage, and it's going to be a close game. But I, I, I looked at the body language for the Georgia players after the game. Kirby Smart, that the, there's a diff, there's a different level of anger inside of Georgia right now because of that loss to Bama. They I don't needed think they, that anger. I think they, if they had they won against Bama in the SEC championship game, I would be picking them to lose to on Monday night. I agree with that. That thought process. Okay. Okay. Everybody disagrees with me. It's fine. I'm all alone on Stetson Bennett Island. It's fine. I don't know. I, I don't think I really officially made a pick. I was playing the game, but 
All right. What do you got? I'm then? gonna pull for Georgia. That's a cop out. I'm gonna believe. Okay, I believe. I'm I'll pick Georgia too. I'm picking Georgia. <laughs> I don't necessarily say I'm pulling for anybody here. I'm just uh, because I don't know what we could draw from this game that would be no. I don't know. I mean, I think for, for college football, it would be better if Aaron's situation where Georgia comes out, turns it on its head, and just beats the fuck shit out of Alabama would probably be the best thing for the narrative. Mm-hmm. It's also the least likely outcome. Georgia does not have that capability. I, I, I tend to agree with that. I also think there's a narrative with Stetson Bennett as a player, though. If he is capable of winning, the, the walk-on versus the five-star Heisman Trophy thing, like there's 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 some intrigue in there. There is. Because he would be the first non-super quarterback to win a championship since who? Jacob Coker in 15? So, I mean, everyone else that's had a championship has had it with with Trevor Lawrence and with Joe Burrow and with... Like you have to have a superstar to win the championship. So I think there's a little bit of narrative twisting there from, from Stetson Bennett as well, who my favorite part of the entire Friday afternoon, by the way, or New Year's Eve was on the podium next to Reese Davis. Uh, Stetson Bennett is standing in front of Jordan Davis and you, and they, you literally can't get Jordan Davis's head into the, into the shot. He's a big old boy. It was, it was, it was cut off at the neck. It was just like, 99 <laughs> behind that's Stetson so Bennett. funny and his head was like right in the middle of jordan davis's chest um all right so i got georgia steven's got bama aaron i'm kinda, taking georgia Aaron kind of waffled a little bit i did but it's i want i want it to be georgia so i'm gonna go i'm gonna follow my heart all right godfrey i i genuinely agree with you about the top heaviness of the sport creating stagnation and apathy and I, i'm i've i've bought I'm I'm complete agreement with all the things that you say about this subject. What what I have done for hours, days, weeks, months, racking my brain trying to figure out, because I think name, image, and likeness and transfer portal and playoff expansion, it all sort of nibbles around the edges at trying to allow other teams to celebrate other things. And maybe that disperses some talent slowly but surely over time. Probably not, because the he who has the gold still tends to make the rules. The only way to stop what has happened in college football is to affect the way we build the rosters. George Kliakov, wake up. How? Kingsbury, wake up. Well, yes, the West Coast needs to keep West Coast players home, but that There's still doesn't solve Napa the problem. playing tight end in Athens. That is the problem. It's the only problem. You're, te- you're telling me that Where's the Bryce only Young issue, from? I, I know, Matt Corral. You can go on and on down the list. Uh, you're telling me that the only issue is West Coast players not, it's not just home. West Coast. It's all of it. Build a better machine to beat the machine, right? It is not good, natural, or logical for one region of the country to absorb the best talent from the entire rest of the nation if you want this to be a national sport. The end. But they That's also it. have. But they also have all the best players. They don't need to go nationally. Then why are they doing do it? Because they can. So how do you because solve they, it? Because they win national titles doing that. That's how. You solve it by kids from Dallas going to Los Angeles. You solve it by kids from Houston going to Oregon. You solve it by Ohio State coming in and, and getting JT Barrett out of Texas. You you solve it. Like, it's been solved before. Jo- Joey Bosa, Von Bell, the whole 2014 Ohio State team was a lot of so- Southern players. Yeah, we're, we just got done talking about, you know, them and, and what USC being the last uh, non-Southern footprint teams to win a national title. That's it. That's it. You don't even have to raid the South. You don't, you don't think... You don't think that the expanded playoff, which obviously we wavered on for a long time, at least when Braden and I were on here, and then once it was happening, we're trying to find the good in it. Um, my biggest concern the whole time was just the extra games and wear and tear on the body. But do you not think just, you know, those eight other teams having like guaranteed like postseason appearance, media, uh, TV, does that not help spread things out at all? In terms of in terms of recruiting, like with guys knowing that they could be that there are now more teams that are going to be seen in that the like in the postseason, does that not uh, help distribute talent at all in your mind? It's not going to help until they win national titles. It's not going to help until they beat Alabama. So something's not, actually yeah. done about it. Yeah, yeah. But Stephen, yeah. I here's where I struggle though because I. Uh, uh, We've had moments where somebody figured it out. Urban Meyer at Ohio State, Pete Carroll at USC. If you want to put Chip Kelly at Oregon in that conversation, that's fine. But like post-BCS era, when we have a modern version of the game that is driven almost exclusively by money, because 
ESPN just paid a billion dollars for like one extra football game from the SEC on Saturday. And all that money is going to go into their recruiting budgets. And they still have within six hours of their campus, more players than everybody else at Notre Dame, Penn state, Michigan, East Lansing, Oregon, Washington, Colorado, you name teams that have won national titles in the past. Not all of that money is going to go into the recruiting budget. No, that's not right. I know what you're saying, but I don't know how you change the finances and the geography of the game. That that's where I still you don't like, need to. Then how is it? How how is Alabama still not going to be great then? Execute. Also, Alabama's not going to be great the moment Nick Saban retires. I don't know if there's enough recruiters, honestly, to to spread this out. It doesn't that's, seem that's what I'm saying. I agree yeah. with Aaron here. Just the, like the recruiting, like we see it, the guys that are good at recruiting stand out big time even in the SEC above the, of other guys in the SEC. I mean, that's much just the conference itself makes it easier, but I'm not sure that there are, you know, enough Sam Pittman's Nick Saban's like the guys that, you know, are the recruiting masters to, I don't All right. know. All right. Final, final word. I agree with you, Aaron. Final word here, Steven. Is there a rule change that could affect roster building? Forget just sort of like, Oh, hire the right people at USC and Ohio state no. and like be great at your job. Like, cause then you, because if you legislate it, you can only legislate it on, on a side against the labor. You can't really legislate it on a side. You, all you would do is restrict the agency of the player. You have to build a more attractive location. You have to be more effective. If you legislate against it, you're going to hurt the labor force before you're going to hurt the ruling class. The, the only, I agree with you. The only thing I could think of is rec- is literally putting a salary cap in recruiting budgets. Give give Cliff Kingsbury some time. Cliff Kingsbury at Arizona. <laughs> oh, sorry. Why do I do that? I, I transpose them all the time. Lincoln Riley, yeah. Who exists right. honestly, like, and it's kind of ironic too because I, you know, I was thinking about this before we leave. Like, Cliff Kingsbury was in the wrong position, but had the right recipe to win out in a non-SEC territory, and he bolted because he was at the wrong program. Lincoln Riley, give that time. Then we need like two more. We can talk about say, Mario Cristobal I, later. We need like two more. Okay? I was gonna say we need like seven more. If you truly gonna uh, affect- if you get if you had Ohio State, Miami, and USC actually actually affecting the playoff structure, it would look very different. Okay. All right. Uh, that's it. No guests today on the show. We have a very special guest coming up, of course, uh, a little bit later on in this week. So make sure you stay tuned. Check out the YouTube page as well. Stephen Godfrey, Fringe Element is brought to you by who? Jaspers. The when you're. Just absolutely exhausted by this the, the same old narrative. Go to Jasper's because they'll be different. There you have it, folks. Uh, Aaron Dugan, Stephen Godfrey, thank you guys for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the show. Check out the YouTube page. My name's Braden Gall. This has been Fringe Element. Enjoy the national championship game, everybody, right here on the 440 Sports Network. Bye.